Hello there. I'm Ryan Woods, a Spartan god. This is my own mind. You're listening to the I'm a Spartan podcast, Scott Knowles. And I'm... What the fuck am I doing this, man? This is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I'm doing these favors for these bums? Nah, fuck this. I'm out here. Katie, bring me some wine. I'm fucking out. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. On this episode, I interview Jimmy McCaffrey from Rat Race America, and he tells us all about these races that they're going to be putting on in the latter part of 2021, 2022, and 2023. And these are some epic adventure races where it's like an exhibition style race where it's not, there is no first place, it's Everybody does a point-to-point every day, and they start over the next day. And it's these epic adventures in these really cool places. And uh, we touch base on all of those, but I encourage you to check out the website, which is Rat Race America. And just kind of look over them, because there's some really cool stuff there. And even if this seems like something you would want to do, I encourage you to listen to this whole episode because Jimmy is such a cool guy. I ended up talking to him for about another 30 minutes after the interview. And uh, he's just got a lot of good stories to tell. He's an accomplished uh, ultra runner. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy the interview. Uh, I will be at the Palm Beach Sprint this weekend coming up. So if you see me down there, come up to me and say, what's up? Uh, There's no new reviews right now. So we'll just lead right into the interview. Hope you enjoy it. Jimmy McCaffrey, how are you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing awesome, man. I had a good run. Uh, had a man. I had a good day at work. I guess got a lot done. Just, uh, just uh, living the dream right now. Actually, I hear you. So you are head of U.S. operations for Rat Race in North America. Yeah. But before we roll into all this, man. Tell us a little bit about Jimmy. So I want all 10 of my listeners to be able to trust you. So tell us a little bit about Jimmy, man. Like, how did you come up in, like, how's your athletic background and how did it lead you to become, you know, the head of operations for Rat Race? Tell us the story. It's a super roundabout story. Everything in my life, nothing's been linear. Everything's just been circling back and, and figuring out and making mistakes and just, you know, falling over my feet and trying to figure out the, the next right thing. And, uh, right. man, I, I was, you know, I grew up like, I, I mean, I mean, I did like little league baseball and stuff like that. And I tried like youth soccer and youth lacrosse and like all these things, but man, nothing, nothing really got me until I, uh, I was about six years old, man. I discovered skateboarding. And, oh shit. Uh, I'm a skateboarder too. Dude. I used to shred the norm. I, <laughs> I learned, I tell everybody, man, I didn't, I didn't, I learned how to skateboard. I could stand up. I lived on at the bottom of a hill, a pretty big hill, one of the bigger hills in my town. Right. And, uh, I could skateboard down my hill standing up, you know, and you know, you, 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 you lift the nose up, you grind the tail, slow yourself down. Yeah. Then you learn how to power slide. You learn. So I learned all that stuff, man, before I ever learned how to ride a bike. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So I was in it, man. I love skateboarding. And then, um, and then what happened was, you know, we, uh, there was a, there was a track to land, um, in our, uh, uh, our town that they were trying to figure out what to do with. So a bunch of us, man, we, we took shovel. I was probably 
probably about eight or nine, I'd gotten more into, I got into BMX and two. And, uh, you know, we were latchkey kids, man. We come home, both parents worked, you know, there was three of us, we'd come home and just, you know, we had, you know, two or three hours after school every day to kind of just run the streets and go wild. And, uh, sounds like the same you know, way I was in raised in Philly. And, uh, so yeah, we found this like plot of land that the town was trying to figure out what to do with down near these train tracks. And we just, we built like, uh, these epic, we just built like this epic kind of, uh, you know, pump track kind of BMX course like that you'd see in the, in the movie rad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Built something cool with like tabletops and like, you know, the, the, the triple bumps and like, we, you know, we would just go up there with shovels and, and, you know, we'd steal stuff from our parents and we'd all meet up there. And, um, so I got in, I was into all that stuff, man. until I was probably, you know, into high school. And then, um, you know, then I tried doing, you know, sports. My buddies were playing, you know, I think I did soccer one year. I did, I did baseball freshman year, soccer, uh, sophomore year, I'm sorry, lacrosse sophomore year. And then, uh, soccer, uh, junior year. And then, uh, yeah, man, just, uh, you know, just kind of didn't do anything. I got, uh, you know, really heavy after high school, man. I put on those, uh, what they call the freshman 15. I probably put on like the freshman 60 and, oh, yeah. uh, I got really into pizza and cheesesteak and, and Guinness stout and, um, you know, just, uh, just didn't do anything for, for God, almost a decade there. And, um, sounds like me. I was yeah. the same way. And then I just, you know, I was kind of floating around, job, jobs here and there. I went back to school, finally finished school at, what, 28? And, um, you know, I picked skateboarding back up. And then, um, you know, I kind of would, you know, do a little bit of mountain biking here and there and stuff. And uh, But, like, nothing really, you know, nothing really stuck. And then uh moved out, took a job out in California. And then I went out there, and I was still smoking, like, a pack a day, you know. Oh, wow. I was able to lose a little bit of weight, but kind of, like you know, still just not living healthy. And, uh, you know, out in California, man, it was like, you got 300 and I was in Northern California, man. And the weather and on the, on the, uh, on the East Bay side was just perfect. Like all, you know, 340 days a year of perfect, you know, 65, 70 degrees, foggy in the morning, perfect for running, you know, and then the sun would come out around 11 o'clock noon and it would be these beautiful sunny days. And then the, the fog would roll back in and you'd have these nice cool nights, man. It was just every day was perfect, you know? And then when you get like maybe 20 days of rain a year, 25 days mm -hmm. of rain, something like that. And, uh, I picked up, I started dating a woman who was in cycling and, uh, we had a bunch of buddies. We had a bunch of mutual friends and a lot in that skateboard scene. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of, um, uh, bike messengers kind of, kind of kicking it around and they were like, yo man, get a bike, come ride with us. And, that's kind of what got me into endurance sports was uh, getting into getting into kind of like these uh, these things called alley cat races. So and, a uh, woman, let's 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 correct this. A woman are, got you into endurance sports, okay? Well, that, <laughs> she she was kind of mild, yeah, right, right. She was kind of mildly into cycling, like you know, um, yeah. And she just kind of was like, she had this really cool track bike, you know, those bikes where you, they 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 ride the indoor tracks. Oh right, yeah, wow. Bank. She had this really cool track bike that she would let me ride, and I would show up spots, and people would be like, yo, that bike is sick, dude. That's like one of those legend <laughs> bikes. And uh, I don't know. I just got like a, you know, just could, you know, learn that I could, you know, go longer and longer and longer. And, and uh, yeah, we did these alley cat races, and, uh, man, they're cool. They're like, they're, it's kind of like, as an ultra runner now, it's kind of like a fat ass, where basically it's like, hey, everybody show up at this park at, you know, noon. You're going to get 10 minutes. You're going to get your manifest. 
and then you got 10 minutes to figure out the best way. And then at 12, 10, I'm sending y'all off and you got to go do the, you know, hit all these checkpoints, get your, you know, don't lose your manifest card. You're going to get it stamped. You're going to get it signed by every aid station. That actually and, sounds cool. Oh dude, it was so much fun, man. I remember the first one I did, man, I did like almost 50 miles. It was like four hours. My legs locked up on me. I remember being like, I can't move my legs, dude. Everyone's like, yeah, dude, you're cramping. And I was like, yeah, this is <laughs> fucking crazy, dude. Like, I, I'm like, you know, and I'm like, and the people who were doing these, it was like serious dudes with like the, the expensive bikes and the full kit and the, like the nice Oakley sunglasses. Right. And then there was like dudes drinking 40 <laughs> on, on fixed gears. And then it was like, it was like 16 year old kids with the scraper bikes. They got these, you know, oh, wow. it, it was, yeah, it was cool, man. It was a cool scene. And then the barbecue afterwards, everyone's talking, you know, trading stories. People fell down showing their, you know, their road rash. And I remember being like, yo, this is fun. This is cool. These that are is my cool. people. And I've never heard of that. Yeah, I knew a bunch of those dudes from the skate scene. So I did a couple more of those. And I remember thinking, I mean, cycling is freaking expensive. Yeah, it is. And a buddy of mine was like, well, listen, dude, you've been getting out. You've been getting after it. You've been actually like training to get better at this. Why don't you try running? And I was like, nah, I don't know, man. Runners are douchebags. And he was like, <laughs> nah, he's like, nah, dude, check it out. Like, you might like it. So I went down to Sports Authority. Bought a pair of sneakers and a pair of shorts, and I uh, was still rocking the cotton shirts. I was wearing like band t-shirts, you know, like yeah. Uh, I did that too misfits, when I started. Yeah, like misfits and dead Kennedy shirts and shit, and just you know, getting same out here. I, I had a misfit shirt with the sleeves <laughs> cut off. I used to run in all the time. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know the <laughs> cotton because I didn't. I wasn't going long enough yet, so I didn't know the cotton. You know, when it gets wet, dude, it just shreds your shreds your tender nipples up. Oh yeah, and. Uh, so yeah, man, and I just started. Uh, you know, I walked. I, I I ran a block, walked the block. I had to, I downloaded that Nike Run Club app or whatever on my phone, yep. and uh, you know, and I just I started getting after it. And you know, it took me probably it was probably three weeks before I could do a mile. You know, and then it was probably another three weeks before I could do two miles. But I just stuck with it. I just <laughs> stuck. You know, I just tried to stay consistent you know, three, four, five days a week, you know, and then little injuries here and there would come up. And I remember being like, man, I can't run right now. And I'm like, kind of missing it. I'm like, shit, I think I'm a runner. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I was just, you know, I was, uh, you know, just kind of didn't, wasn't following the plan, just kind of going out and doing runs. And, uh, you know, I, I was having coffee one day and a buddy runs by and he's not wearing a shirt. And he's wearing a heart rate monitor, you know, a chest strap. I'm like, yeah. what you doing, man? He's like, yo, I'm doing zone training. And I'm like, what the fuck is zone training? He's like, yo, dude, I'm like trying to stay in this heart zone below whatever. And he's like, yo, man, you should sign up for a race. You, you know, he's like, you still running? I'm like, yeah, I'm getting more and more into it. I'm, I'm able to do like, you know, eight miles now. He's like, yo, dude, sign up for a race. Sign up for like a half marathon. I'm like, for real? And he's like, yeah, just sign up for sign up for a race. Just do it and download a, a training plan off the internet and, and do it. And I was like, shit, all right. So I went home and uh, signed up for the, the San Francisco half. In July, this was 2011, so I started running like Ju uh, July of like 2010, yeah. and uh, did my first race like a year later, half marathon, and uh, bloody nipples, and <laughs> did one of those shitty Hal Higdon plans off the internet that I was so under trained, man. I, I remember, you know, I think uh, I think yes, yeah, so 13.1 was the longest I had run at that point. I think I did my last long training run was like 11.7 or 11.8 or something like that yeah. a couple weeks before, you know, three weeks before, and then tapered. And I just remember being like, I just suffered, man. And I remember being like, but I was hooked. I was like, this is awesome. There was 
thousands of people out cheering, thousands of people out running. I mean, they had like metal bands out and like, you know, it was crazy, man. And I was like, this is awesome. I was like, this is cool. I was like, runners aren't that bad. And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, from then on, it was just like, man, I did another half a little while later. And then a buddy was like, yo, go check out, check out trail running. I'm doing a trail half. And uh, I was like, all right. And did a trail half with him. And at the end of that race, I ended up talking to this guy who was running right in front of me. I was trying to chase this guy down like the last three miles and I could not get him. And we're talking afterwards. He's like, well, I'm going to go back out and I'm going to do another loop. That was my hard loop. Now I'm going to go do an easy loop. And I'm like, no shit, you're going to do a marathon today and not get credit for it. He's like, yeah, it's a training run. Um, I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing a a 50 miler. And my brain was just like, and I was like, dude, why people run that far? He's like, yeah, dude, there's, (laughs) there's a hundred miler, uh, up at, uh, he's like, I'm in this lottery for this race called Western States up at, uh, Squall Valley. Uh, it starts at Lake Tahoe, goes up over the mountains, then you go through the mountains, and then you end in Auburn. It's a hundred miles. And something in my brain just clicked and was like, "You're gonna do that." And yeah. and that was it, man. I remember running home and telling my girlfriend, "I was like, yo, babe, there's things called hundred mile races, ultra marathons. Y'all gonna try it?" And like, you know, I wrote down. He 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 told me to go check out a couple websites, and I wrote them down. And I, I left them in the car, so I didn't check them out for a couple weeks. And then I remember I was cleaning out the car a couple weeks later, and I and I, you know, pop open the 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 little uh, thing you know between the seats whatever I'm like oh, here's that thing I gotta go check out these websites and then I remember signing up you know for another trail race on uh, on New Year's Day and uh, and I did a 20 day on New Year's Day and then I did a I think at the end of January I did a um uh, I did a 30k and then I did my first trail marathon in like April and then I did my first ultra in June and it was just on man and it was just like awesome yeah absolutely fell in love with the sport of ultra trail ultra running and uh yeah I always joke that I did my uh I did my I did my first hundred miler before I ever did a road marathon even before I did a road 5k like, sounds just, like me I, I was on the trails <laughs> yeah and I just was doing trail 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 and um that's all I was just all about getting up in the up in the hills up above Oakland and Berkeley there and and uh yeah, loving it. Yeah, the longest run I've done on the pavement is just a half marathon, but I've done multiple 50Ks on the trail, you know. I don't know what it is, but the trail just don't beat me up like the streets do. Yeah. The streets yeah, are just boring as like, shit. It's, like, nicer to look at, too. Yep. It's just, like, you're out in the trees and the pines or whatever, and it's just, like... It's a beautiful thing, man, to connect with nature like that. Right. I, I think it's getting harder and harder to, to connect with nature. It's just not stagnant running. Right. Running on the street is stagnant running. And just, yeah. the trail yeah. just breaks it up and makes it so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. So, like, you even got your own podcast, too, right? So, yeah, my buddy, uh, it's funny, a friend of mine... Back in, uh, God, what was that, the end of, uh, what was that, 2018, uh, the, yeah, my buddy Art, we, uh, he started a podcast, and they, they, they went through a couple, like, personnel changes, I guess, they did it, we joke a lot, we, we had a lot of turnover, but, um, right. but yeah, I've been on the uh, podcast probably about, about three months in, they asked me to be on, and uh, it's called Cultra, and uh, it's focused pretty much on Northeast, you know, trail and ultra stuff, and uh we uh, we have a lot of fun with it, man. It's uh, it's 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 good stuff, man. It's fun, and like we always joke too. We you know we only got about ten listeners, but uh, <laughs> we 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 love each and every one of them, and uh, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun, man. And we we record on on Tuesday nights, and we get the shows out on Friday. 
and uh, it's good stuff, man. Man, if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't be doing it either. Yeah, right? <clears throat> right? So, yeah. Jimmy, tell us a little bit about Rat Race. So, I know a little bit about it, but Rat Race is a company that started overseas. Is it England, or am I yeah. wrong? England? Yeah, they started in England in 2004 by this guy named Jim Mee, and uh, and he's he's an awesome dude, man. I, I had a chance to meet Jim a couple years ago, and I guess that's kind of how, in a roundabout way, how I got off for the job. But uh, yeah, he was an exec at um, at, at Red Bull over in, in, in Britain, and uh, he went off on his own in 2004, and he's just like, I want to put on you know adventure races that don't have like a competitive kind of aspect, right? So it's all about, you know, completion, not competition. It's everybody finishes, no man left behind kind of thing. And it's more, you know, it's more like expedition style stuff, but it's still got that endurance backbone. So they were putting on and, um, and they got, they, they put on the biggest, uh, uh, obstacle course race in Britain called the dirty weekend, which I believe they're going to do. I think this year, I think next year is going to be the last year, but I don't, I don't know if they got cleared to do it this year, but I'm pretty sure they said next year is going to be the last weekend. And every year they do it, they try to um, <laughs> they try to get in the Guinness Book of World Records by doing something really crazy. So it's like longest monkey bars, or like you know, right. they just they, they they try to do something every year, and they do a whole festival out of it. They get bands, and it's just I heard it's a, it's a fun time. So I'm going to try to get out there next year for that, and um, in 2022. But um, yeah, so they put on. Races all, you know, adventure races all over the world, multi-day, multi-sport, like, um, you know, running and trekking and uh, some kind of cycling component and then some kind of water sport component, either, you know, pack rafting, kayaking, canoeing, um, something like that. So uh, a lot of them have that format where they'll do, uh, you know, so I'm trying to think of something they do, uh, like, um, or even some of the ones they're testing out. Uh so I know, oh yeah, so they, well, one of them that does it only has, uh, so you have your choice. It's a frozen lake in Mongolia and it's like negative 35 degrees. And I mean, dudes are telling me stories about, you could take a cup of hot water and you throw it in the air and it literally turns into like powdered snow right away. Wow. And they were, yeah, they were like, it's crazy cold, dude. And it's this frozen lake and you could either ice skate it. You could do, uh, you could run it. Or you could, uh, or you could bike it, and hmm. they were like, "You got to put, you know, you got to put the studs. You got to run with like, you know, crampons or whatever. You got to run with, um, you know, traction." Uh, but it's a hundred miles, and it's like, you know, three four days, and they've got huts, like, you know, they they set up these aid stations for you that you're going to overnight in or whatever. And I heard it's just like an amazing time. That's and, wild. Uh, yeah, so they do crazy cool stuff like that, and. Um, so they've been uh, they they put on their first event in North America in September of uh, 2019 up in the Adirondacks, starting at Lake Placid. And um, basically, the first day was uh, you do uh, uh, they climb up, they leave Lake Placid, they climb up Mount Marcy, which is the highest peak in New York State, and summit the peak, and then they come down the backside. They do 22 miles on foot, and then they hop on, then they do 30 miles on bikes, and then they have an overnight. And then they do the next day, they do a big bike day. I want to say a hundred miles on bikes. And then they do, uh, then they do, um, uh, then they overnight again. And then they've got, uh, the next day is a, a short bike leg, then a long, um, uh, paddling leg on the Hudson in, 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 uh, in, in kayaks. Wow. 
Yeah, and then they come, and then they land, and they have a, a trying to think. They got a quick bike leg, and then they run a half marathon into Manhattan, and they finish at Battery Park at the tip of Manhattan. So you're basically going from the source of the Hudson up at Mount Marcy. You find the source of the Hudson, then you're running and cycling and paddling all the way down the Hudson until it empties out uh, in basically what's Long Island Sound, the Atlantic Ocean, and. Um, so we went out, me and a buddy um, who had done their Mongolia event a couple of years ago, reached out to me and said, hey, you want to do something crazy? I said, yeah, absolutely. What kind of question, what kind of question is that? Right. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> if anybody if anybody asks me if I want to do something dumb or crazy, I'm like, yes, dude, let's go. <laughs> and um, so he was like, yeah, we're going to help, uh, help these guys out. We're going to set an aid station, you know, set an aid station up for them on the top of this mountain. You want to go do it? And I'm like, yeah, so... We hiked all night. We had huge packs, man, with like tons of food and, and coffee and, you know, all the stuff that, because uh, they started at like, you know, ass early to, to start coming up the mountain. And we met right. them at like 6 a.m. I want to say they probably started at like 2 a.m. And wow. uh, they got up to the top of the mountain and we had, you know, we had coffee for them, you know, like, you know, we basically had like a whole barista kind of thing set up. We made like French vanilla coffee. Right. We had bacon sandwiches and there's wild, wild blueberries going on the top of the mountain. So I went around and picked, you know, pints and pints of wild blueberries uh, before they got up there. So they came up and they were like, holy shit, dudes, this is amazing. We're like, yeah. And uh, so we fed them and, and, and then we uh, ran them back down the other side of the mountain there and uh, sent them off on their way. And I had a good couple hours to, to talk to Jim, the CEO, and he was just like, yeah, you know, I said, I said, I'm, you know, I'm starting, I just started my events company. I got a little, uh, I do some small races up here in Connecticut, um, called, uh, live loud running. And, um, and he, I was, you know, just letting him know what I'm doing. And, and so he kept an eye on me, I guess. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, 20, you know, COVID comes and, uh, you know, 2020, all the races kind of got, yeah. all races got scrapped. So I, my races were like, I had a race in March, another one in May, and then uh, another one in October, and then another one in December. And what happened was the March and the May ones got scrapped, and I just was like, "All right, well, they said it's going to be a couple of weeks. Like, I'm just going to move these to the end, like till August and September. We got to be out of it by then." And um, mm. you know, I guess by some stroke of luck, Connecticut had good numbers, and I was able to put put. All I put three of my four races on last year. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and I mean, we had to do a ton of protocols, you know, and right. wave starts and all kinds of stuff like that. And I had to keep the numbers, low, you know, smaller than I wanted. But like, you know, everything worked out. Nobody got sick. You know, we did everything right, and and uh, you know, I guess uh, I guess they were impressed, and um, they reached out to me at the end of October and said, uh, "Hey." we want to go all in in North America. Uh, what do you think? Um, what do you think about heading, heading up our, uh, heading up our North American division? And, you know, I went back to, I was teaching, uh, I've been, a, I've been teaching special ed and, and early childhood education for most of the last like 16 years, you know, on and off. And, um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool job to have to run ultras cause you get summers off and, right. um, you know, you could kind of, you know, you could find a job anywhere, I guess, especially if you're a, a man in special ed or early childhood, kind of in short supply. And uh, he said, how do you, you want to keep teaching? And uh, I said, yeah, you know, it's okay. I mean, and uh, he said, well, listen, we want you to do this. Uh, come on. And uh, we got some cool ideas. And he, they, he just pitched me all these, these trips they want to do. And my jaw just hit the floor. 
And I said, yeah, I, I, I mean, just selfishly, I, because I, I want to do these things too. But then right. the whole puzzle of doing the logistics behind it, you know, it's um, putting together these, putting together the roots, then putting together the, you know, the multi-sport, and you know, uh, it's 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 a lot of fun, man. It's really, uh, it's it's really kind of awesome, you know, cold calling places in Idaho, you know, to see what the rafting's like you know, the right. last week of June, you know, on the salmon river and, and just really interesting stuff and making some cool connections with people, uh, in America, you know, in and around this country, uh, that are in the industry. And that, you know, I, I love hearing people say, what are you guys doing? And then you tell them and then they're, they're excited. And I'm like, these are the people I want to work with. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really awesome, man. I'm blessed. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super lucky. And, uh, yeah, this, this job with this amazing company just kind of, dropped into my lap and I said, let's do it. And, uh, I guess the rest is history. Right. And so y'all have eight events that are planned and up and coming. And a couple of them are this year and aren't the rest of them are like in 2023. Is that right? 20, yeah. 2022 and 2023. So what we're doing is one of the things that they, they have a really cool approach to, to, to events and how they, how they figured out and the first step is, you know, once, once we plan it and conceive it and get the route down and everything like that, uh, we, we test pilot it. So, so this year we just actually just found out this week, this, um, God, no, I'm sorry. Last Thursday, I talked to somebody at parks Canada and they are not going to open the border, um, to, uh, on the Chilkoot trail. We had it, we had a trip planned up in, um, it was called the gold rush it was going to start in alaska and go up into yukon and go right. from basically basically the the skagway the water you know right there in alaska on you're going to take the the chilkoot trail and i mean i get goosebumps when i think about this thing it's 33 miles on the chilkoot and then you you hop onto a hop on canoes and, and and do lake bennett which is the source of the uh, the glaciers up and up around there uh, uh, lake Be- above lake bennett feed Lake Bennett, which feeds the, that's the source of the Yukon River. Um, so we would paddle late, the length of Lake Bennett, then we'd hop out, hop on bikes, and then uh, cycle uh, a couple days, and then we'd uh, hop off and hop back on the river and go all the way down to Dawson City. That's all these old gold towns from the 1890s. Um, but yeah, we just found out last week that they're not going to open the border uh, between Canada and the U.S. When was that one scheduled? That one was scheduled for this August. Yeah. Um, so then that's going to, so that we're just pushing that back to next August. Uh, this right. will be at August, 2022. And, um, you know, and then we're just rolling forward with, uh, that was the one test pilot. We're going to do that, that we were going to do this year, but we've got, um, and that's the other thing is we've got a couple like on the back burner that we've kind of fast tracked Cause we're like, maybe we can, maybe we can do this, uh, instead. And so we're just sent checking a few things and I'll just drop, I'll just drop some hints that might be up around the Minnesota boundary waters. I right. don't know, <laughs> but um, it's yeah, it's really cool uh, to see to see there how they just roll with it. They're like, you know what? Um, they were basically they were able to offer. You know, they rolled everybody. Over, they either offered refunds or rolled everybody over from last year that all the events around the world that they couldn't do, and um, you know now now they're just starting to we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here. So we got the okay for, for New York to happen this year. 
and then we got the okay for our uh, our um, city to sea adventure down in Florida to happen. So this is going to be down starting in Miami. Florida's wide open, so you can do anything in Florida pretty much. Yeah, I was going to say Florida's <laughs> like the Wild West, man. Like it's like they, I don't think Florida ever closed down because of COVID. So, um, so yeah, so our Florida events on New York's on, and we actually sold out the first weekend of New York. So we added a second weekend, and same thing with Florida. We sold out the first week, added a second week, but like this, I'm psyched for this Florida trip because. Being down there in, in December is going to be nice. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to leave winter to go to go play. You know, to go paddle down in the Keys and and cycle. You know, th- that highway cycle Route One, and then we finish in Key West. You know, and uh, so um, it's you know the the, the events the, the the vision that these guys have is is unbelievable. But um, and then yeah, for next year the test pilots we've got going down are um, we've got uh in April we've got um. Uh, the Pingaluit uh, and Pingaluit um, National Park up in northern Quebec. It's a it's an asteroid. Um, it's a crater lake made from an asteroid that hit the Earth millions of years ago, and it's this right. perfect circle lake with water that's just like you could see down like a hundred feet, crystal clear. And uh, so we're going to be doing cross country uh, skiing, pulling sleds, and then riding ski mobiles back. Um, so that's in early April, and that's that's going to be amazing. And I've never seen the Northern Lights, so I'm like, I just get goosebumps thinking about like being up in the Arctic, basically. Um, you know, in in early April next year, and then uh, in in May we've got <clears throat> oh, that's our Flagstaff, that's our uh, Crater uh, to Canyon event starts at the uh, another. So we now this <laughs> is the one that bit, looked cool Jim's to me. A little me. bit obsessed with asteroid craters, so. <laughs> We're going to be starting at the Meteor Crater in Winslow, Arizona, and then we're going to be uh, basically going uh, uh, trekking uh, through a, a slot canyon uh, and then riding bikes into Flagstaff, and then we're going to climb Humphreys Peak, uh, which is the highest point in Arizona, and then we're going to come down and we're going to hop on mountain bikes and do 74 miles on the Arizona Trail to the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Um, so that's another one I'm psyched for. Then we've got... Then we've got uh, British Columbia in June. Um, that's going to be an epic, uh, epic trip up kayaking and, and mountain biking on uh, those islands off of uh, British Columbia. There, the, uh, that's the one. That's a sixteen-day event, right? Yeah, that's so. That's the that's a that's a World Heritage site. That's like got the um, that's the tribes that do the uh, what do they call the totem poles? Right. Um, so there's totem poles there that have been there for you know 150 years. Um, and, you know, we're going to be paddling around these things and, 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 uh, you know, there's like sea lions and stuff up there. And, uh, it's, a, you know, it's basically, it's a, it's a, it's a rainforest. Um, and, you know, a te- what they call it a temperate rainforest. So right. I'm just, yeah, I'm like, I'm blown away when I look at, 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 at the stuff that, that, that they're going to be sending me to do and, um, taking people to do. And, um, yeah, what else we got? Oh, we got uh, uh, Idaho next July. Um, we're going to be doing the uh, Frank Church No Return Wilderness. We're going to be paddling, uh, rafting the um, Wild Salmon River, and climbing some peaks and uh, doing some epic stuff in this, in one. And I believe it's the second largest wilderness area uh, outside of Alaska in the United States. Um, so that's going to be a huge one. Then we'll do uh, Alaska in August and. Um, and what else we got on tap for next year? Uh, but yeah, we've got, oh yeah, that's the six test pilots and then the two established events would make it eight. So it's, um, yeah, it's exciting, man. And it's, uh, it's really cool. They've got a really, 
sort of visionary process about how they put everything together and also how right. they, you know, they have, you know, extended payment plans and, and it's, it's, it's really how they're doing it. I think is change is, I think it's going to change the, uh, the landscape on how we look at endurance events and what we can, what can be done. Um, and you know, it's just the, the, they're, they're elevating the conversation because I think it's, uh, I think, um, I, I, I love trail running and I love ultra running, but I'm looking for some new stuff, man. I'm looking to, you know, I'm looking to really, you know, get out there and see what I'm made of, you know, after seven, eight, nine, ten days. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty epic stuff, man. And so like explain to everyone, like what, the test pilot is and and aren't you like looking for people to actually come and do the test pilot before the actual event yeah so the test pilot is basically a uh very steeply discounted version of the event that we're going to put on we're basically we're looking for people to come with us um to basically try to break the event um right. to try to figure out What's going to go wrong? What's going to go right? What needs to be tweaked? Basically, you're going to be the first person to do this this route, this event with us. Um, and that's the cool thing about you know a test pilot is you you know we could tell you could tell people like you know hey I did uh you know I did you know 150 miles in three days completely powered by my own body uh, to help these guys put this to put this event on essentially and um, help us break the event basically see you know see what it's like to, um, you know, climb Mount Humphrey in May. Right. Um, you know, where, uh, you know, you know, see what, uh, see what the Grand Canyon's going to be like, uh, you know, uh, see, you know, ride your bike right up to the edge of the rim, right? Up, you know what I mean? Like, right. So it's, uh, it's, yeah, we're looking for, we're looking for folks and a lot of, a few of them, I think we, we, we have sold out, but, uh, you can always check in, you know, hit me up with an email and, uh, I'll let you know what we got left. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool approach to, it's kind of how I, um, it's kind of how like I have learned how to put on some events up here in, in Connecticut is kind of put, throw it on as like a fat ass for basically throw it on as a test, see what's going to work, see what's right. not going to work. Um, my, my winter, my winter race has undergone, um, I put on a winter fat ass up here. It's undergone you know, three different formats until, you know, I finally settled the, on, on the third year on what it's supposed to be, whatever. The first two years it was, uh, I'm sorry, the first year it, it was something completely different. Um, and you know, the format that we settled on for the second and third year, you know, it, it just, it just worked, you know? And so I, so I tell people, you know, uh, and that's the other thing too. I want to tell people is if you want to start a race company, if you want to put races on, hit me up. I love helping people out with that stuff. Um, I've got a friend out in, uh, in Rhode Island next state over from us, uh, who, who's, you know, dipping, dipping her toe into, into race directing. And, you know, I'm helping her out with everything. Cause that's, I, I want to see people succeed and I want to see, I love the idea of, of looking at, at a calendar and being like, okay, I can do this race this weekend, this right. race this weekend. Cause when I was living in California, man, it was like, I, there was like 45 races a year, 45 weekends a year where I could go do a race within like an hour of where I lived. Oh, and like, wild. and when I moved out here in 2016, I'm like, Oh man, there's only seven trail races in the whole state of Connecticut. I'm oh, like, that wow. doesn't seem right. You know? And I'm like, 
it looks like there's a bunch in Massachusetts, but you know, and there's none in Rhode Island. And I'm like, this is weird. Um, and then in the last like five years, it's been this little explosion of, 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 um, of companies and, and people putting on, you know, more and more races. And I think it's got that, that old school vibe where the field is kind of small, where it's like 50 runners, you know, but it's like, you're going to get good swag and you're going to get like, you know, and you're going to make friends. That's the other thing too. I walk away from every event, you know, with, with like three, four new friends, you know right. what I mean? And that, that, I don't know if it's the shared suffering or it's the, just the experience of just being out there with somebody for eight, 10, 12, whatever hours. Um, but there's, there's some real bonds that, and connection that this, that endurance sports provides. And that's something I want to, I want to see more of that, you know, um, that's really what I'm in. That's really what I'm in the business of. I want to see more connection. Right. And, and like you, like you said, these races are kind of good for that. I mean, it's called a race, but it's more like you said in the beginning, I, you explained it better than I would. It's more like an exhibition style where it's like every day, it's a journey of getting from one point to the next point. And yeah. it's like, and each day maybe you're on a bike you're hiking or you're kayaking or you're cross country skiing. So, but like to somebody who's going to do one of these races, like it's pretty much all inclusive, but you know, if you've got your own bike, you bring your own bike, but y'all have bikes to rent and stuff. Like yeah. is all the gear is going to be supplied? Like, or do people have to bring like some stuff? Is there like a, a gear list that's sent out for each one of these trips? Yeah, as soon as you as soon as you sign up, we have basically you get you get sent a whole gear list basically of like what you're gonna need and what you can provide yourself. So it's like like something say like Idaho, like um, you know, we're telling people, you know, you can you can if you have a gravel bike, that would be perfect. But like we're gonna rent, you know, we'll probably rent hardtail mountain bikes for you. So if you wanna do, you know, if you wanna ride a hardtail mountain bike for two days or you wanna bring your own <laughs> your own bike, you know do that um but then there's something like with the with the um so we're gonna we're gonna be uh you know with the rafting uh so the salmon river is some of the best rafting and some of the best rafting in the world and that you know this is all going to be like fully fully guided and we're gonna have support boats you know uh in the water with us and everything so like something like that would be you know you kind of you're kind of with us you kind of got to do uh uh, you know, the, the, you know, the rafting is, is, is part of the deal whatever, but like, yeah, you want to bring your own bike for something like that. That's the other thing we tell people too, where it's like, you know, you want to go, you, you can go at your own speed. So if you want to be the guy who, who flies off the front, who, who wants to get up to the checkpoint or whatever first and, and, and take a rest, that's totally cool. If you're going to be that person at the back, who's going to need, you know, one of us to kind of keep encouraging you and keep, you know, that's awesome too. Like it's, it's for everybody. It's one of those things where, um, it, it's, it's, it's about personal exploration and, and like you were saying, you know, like, yeah, it, it's an expedition. It's like, a, it's, you're, you're going out and you are doing something, you know, these routes we put together from what we understand, like they, they might've only been done if they've ever been done before, nobody's really talked about it, you know? So we're, we're doing these things that, we think we're the, we're going to be the first people doing them, you know? Uh, and you know, and that's the other thing too, is you might be the person that helps us tweak the event to, to change it so that it becomes more accessible 
for all people to finish. You know what I mean? If we, maybe we got to change the route because, uh, you know, or maybe, or maybe mother nature changes the route for us and stuff like that. So you're basically, you're kind of hopping in from a logistics standpoint, um, you know, to, to help us navigate all that. And then, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, I don't want to say it's cooler than doing the event, but I, I think it's, a, there's the, the idea of being, being one of the first is, is really cool. Right. And didn't, didn't I read on the website that like everybody's got like a GPS locator or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And everybody's, yeah, everyone would have a, a satellite tracker kind of thing going on. So that way people can either follow you at home, but we can also all stay in touch with each other. And that was one of the cool things about New York where I took a faster group down the, down the mountain and then there was a group behind us and we were in contact the whole time. Uh, so that was pretty cool. So. You know, we could joke with each other and we could say, hey, you know, we just passed, uh, you know, this bridge coming up here is a little rickety, you know, be careful. Or, you know, uh, you guys got to cross this creek here. There's no other way across it, you know, kind of thing. And uh, so it's it's really cool that the, the, the front of the, essentially the front of the pack and the back of the pack are are connected the whole time. Right. So it, it's not one of those things where, every like, like you said, somebody wants to take off hot and go out fast, you know, somebody's going to be up there with them pretty much. Yeah. Is that what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I was about to say, it's a good thing you're going to have GPS because I would probably get lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the other cool thing about it too is where, where you know, uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of the supporting stuff, right? So I'm going to have to, I might not be able to do the, the, the two days of cycling, you know, up, up in Idaho where I'm going to have to be driving the support van up ahead of everybody to set up an aid station, you know, so you guys come in, I can feed you, you know, get you watered, you know, yada, yada. And then I'm going to have to drive ahead and set up the camp, you know? So it's kind of like, there's a, uh, there's a whole, there's a whole back end logistics to this too. Um, that's, that's really interesting to me because I can put a rate, I can put a loop to, you know, I do, I, I put on a loop, two looped races, you know, six hour and an eight hour race. I put on a 50 K that's an out and back now an out and back super easy to, 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 you know, to crew. So the little races I do here in Connecticut, the, the planning, it's like, I look at what I'm going to be doing with rat race and it's like, it's what I, it's the planning I do on steroids. Basically it's, it's just, everything is just beefed up and pumped up and um, there's just more support. And uh, you know, the other thing too is, is, is having, looking into uh you know stuff like helicopter rescue and, yeah. and stuff like that because we're going to be in some remote remote ass places that extraction you know it might take a couple hours to to get you out of a canyon um you know if, if you if you get hurt or whatever so there's there's a whole uh uh whole bunch of logistics that i'm i'm right i'm working with right now that it's just uh it's it's opens my eyes a lot to and then the other thing too is I, I'm thinking about, oh man, this is, there's a lot more stuff that can be done, um, with endurance sports, uh, in this kind of, um, in this kind of realm now. Um, so it's really, it's really kind of opened my eyes to, uh, uh, of the things we can do in the future. Um, yeah. Cause to this also seems like a great way for people that are wanting to get into adventure racing to just see if they have the endurance to, actual do the events but not have to worry about the race side and the navigation side of getting them lost getting lost the first time you know this is just a good way to find out if if people that are interested in doing like an endurance race this is a good way to find out if if you're up to snuff just to handle the endurance load 
and not have to worry about, you know, the navigation side and the team side, you know. It's just making sure you're up to snuff to handle it. And I just think yeah, it's really cool. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you raised that point. It is definitely one of those things that, you know, because I've talked to people and they're like, oh, man, what's this, like, eco challenge? I'm like, no, yeah. this is, I was like, this is kind of like – this is dipping your toe into eco challenge. Right. This is this is if you if you want to do eco challenge, I would say come do this first to check it out. Yeah, it's almost like training yeah. for something like eco challenge. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a good way to figure out like this is something I want to do, or you could figure out you know what I like this, but I don't. I wouldn't want to stress myself out with trying to navigate and do this at the same time. You know, I just think it's a good beta for like if you wanted to get into some serious adventure racing because i know when the fiji challenge hit you know a lot of people in uh, ocr have even branched out and started doing some smaller adventure races too and uh honestly i mean the whole thing about trying to uh you know navigate that's like no way i'll get lost i get lost on trail races that are marked I, no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to use a compass out there, man. I, I mean, I would trust somebody on my team to do it for me, but me, I'm not going to do it because I would be like, "Is this right?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. We we handle all that, you know, all that logistical stuff, man. Is kind of it's it's one of those things where, it, yeah, it's just it's no man left behind. So it's like we we take care of all that stuff so you can enjoy the scenery and. You know, like that's the other thing too. Is like Jim was like, you know, these. He said it. He says it many times. He's like, we we do not put on suffer fests. Like these are not suffer fests. You know, these are, you know, these are expedition style adventure. You know, outings. You know, right. even like to call them races. Like although that's the thing is to to to, to get into this market, you kind of got to market it as a race. You know, um, right? Because that's that's still people still have that appeal because ultimately you're going to be racing yourself. You're going to be racing against your own boundaries and your own preconceived, you know, what you think your limit is, you know? Um, and you know, you're going to, you're going to essentially these self-imposed boundaries we have on ourselves. You're going to find the find out what they are and you're going to push through them, you know, and not in a way that's going to make you suffer. You're going to do it in a way that's going to be really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like in a rational sort of way, like in a very, kind of uh, like a gentle sort of way and you know you'll be a different person after these things that's what you know right yeah and so like your food and accommodations you know i know most of it will be camping but there is some of the trips where it starts and ends at like a hotel or a lodge or something uh tell us a little bit about that yeah so that stuff like like so, oh, you know, I totally forgot. That's the one I forgot about was the Let It Ride. Um, so, like, Let It Ride is starting at the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, this is a nine-day, six days of cycling and then three days of uh, mountain running and trekking. Uh, it starts at the, the Golden Gate Bridge. We're going to start on the north side of the Golden Gate Bridge right there in the Marin Headlands. Go right across the Golden Gate Bridge, and we're going to do three days riding down through California's Central Valley, which in July is hot, hot, hot. <laughs> So like all the places we're staying at are going to have pools. I mean, right. that's like, that's a non-negotiable. I'm looking, you know, the, the hotels that I've picked out, I'm like, boom, Tracy, Modesto, like these, these hot, it's going to be like close to a hundred degrees down in that Valley there, you know, so we're, we're going to be swimming in pools and we're, you know, and that's the other thing too, is after a day of, of, 
a hard day in the saddle, you know, riding a hundred plus miles on a yeah. bike, you know, it, it's good to, you know, get cleaned up, you know, hop in the pool, take a shower. And then we all have a meal together. There's something really special about that. And we could, you know, trade war stories. And, um, so yeah, that's one of the things too, is, is the accommodations and the, uh, you know, the nightly meals and, and the breakfasts and all that kind of stuff. There's a, there's a, it's almost like a summer camp kind of, I didn't, I, I wasn't the kind of kid. I didn't, my, my parents didn't have enough money to send us to summer camp. So I went to boy scout camp one year. And, um, but I just remember the idea of like eating all your meals with the same people that you're kind of like, you know, yeah. I guess, I guess it's almost like being in the military, right? Like you're, yeah. you know, these are, these are the people you're in the trenches with. Right. So it's like, there's this shared, this bonding that's going to happen. Um, oh, I'm sure. you know, but like you were saying, yeah, the accommodations, we're, we're looking at some, some, you know, top notch. I know we're going to be spending one of those nights on that trip at the, um, uh, at the, uh, uh at the Sequoia, La, uh, Grove down in, um, uh, general grant grove uh where it's uh some of the big sequoias down there before we go up into the up into the sierra mountains there um it's gonna be you know it's one of these just amazing places with these log cabins and, and so yeah we don't we don't spare uh any expense on 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 the accommodations and then the last night of this trip um it's gonna be at the golden nugget in las vegas so we're going golden gate bridge to golden nugget in las vegas and you know, we're telling everybody bring a tux, like uh, bring bring a tux. We were, we were trying to make it celebrate. mandatory on the kit list, but I was like, I don't know if people are going to get the joke, man. But like, you got <laughs> you know, if you bring a tux, and you know, the ladies bring like ball gowns or whatever, and we do it up that last night, you know, it's, think about it, man. It's going to be so much fun, and uh, nobody's so, probably yeah. going to be dancing after five hundred forty-five miles <laughs> on a bike. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like, I look at it this way, like, I'm probably going to be, I'm going to be doing, I, like, I know I'm going to be doing the trekking portion with everybody, but I'll probably be riding the, the support van and setting up the aid stations for the bike legs of it. Um, but man, you know, I'll, I'll dance for everybody. Man, out of all the races <laughs> that y'all are putting on, this race right here, to me, seems like it would be the toughest. I'm not a biker, but I have biked a little in the past. And yeah. I just know after you've been on the bike for a few hours, if you're not used to it, oh man. Oh yeah. It's pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. So this That's trip the- right here actually looks like the hardest. And isn't it what is it like six days or nine days? Which one? So it? yeah, you're you're doing three days on three days on the bike and then it's three days trekking up and over this year. So we're gonna tag uh, we'll tag Mount Whitney. So we're gonna go up through we go up through arguably the most beautiful mountain section in the lower 48, uh, which is the um, right right near um, uh, what they call uh, uh, Ray Lakes. Yeah. So we're gonna go up uh, to the John Muir Trail. Uh, it's a hell of a climb up, and uh, we'll go along the John Muir Trail. We're gonna go over Forester Pass, which is one of the highest passes along the JMP. Uh, we'll tag the top of Mount Whitney, and then we'll come back down. And we'll spend three days on the mountain, basically. We'll come back down through Whitney Portal. We'll hop back on the bikes, and then we'll do three more days of bikes. And we're going to go tag uh, the lowest point back down at Badwater. That's cool. Um, so that's going to be even hotter. So we're telling people the first three <laughs> days are heat training for the last three days. <laughs> <laughs> so those, those 95, 97-degree temps in the Central Valley will get us prepared for the 110-degree temps. Uh, down down in Death Valley there, but you know again. So the last three Valley, days are the hardest days, is what you're saying. The first three yeah, days are all downhill. 
Yeah, but you know, that's the thing is, is, is most of them, that's the thing. It's all downhill those next couple of days, whatever. And then we got a little, little climb up into Las Vegas, but uh, not too bad. Um, but again, like, you know, we'll be swimming and stuff and we'll be, ha- you know, we're going to stay at a old, um, an old uh, theater hotel um, in, at, at, at Amargosa Springs, it's called. And um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, these, these, these trips are, I mean, these are, these are just, epic i don't even know how to explain epic self kind of um self-discovery sort of trips this is where you're going to find out you know what you can and can't do and that's you know we tell people too there's no harm on saying you know what today i think i might just ride the van you know if you want to take a zero day that's totally fine there there's no there's no shame on you know if you need to take a take a rest day you know um because I, I don't know if I could do all that cycling, man. I, I, am, I, am, I haven't been in the saddle that long right. in a long time, you know, in a couple of years, whatever. So, um, you know, so anybody who can can do this kind of stuff, uh, that I mean, that's most of the guys I think that I'm seeing signing up for it right now are guys with cycling backgrounds um, where they're looking at the trekking days as, as going to be the tough ones for them. So, um, yeah. yeah, but, uh, you know, pick your poison, right? Yeah, I mean, like, out of all the ones that are going on, I think the Crater Canyon one looks like the coolest one. Like, if I was going to do any of them, I think that would be the one that I would pick because it just sounds like the coolest one, you know, being out there in the desert and just doing the mountain biking. I'd rather be on a mountain bike than be on a road bike, man, and that just seems like the cool one to me. Yeah, I got a, a buddy reached out to me. He said, "Oh man, I'm not really good on a mountain bike. I got to get off and walk on." And I was like, "This is the stagecoach section of the Arizona Trail." And he said, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Dude, this is the section that they brought the stagecoaches in. There's, it's literally kind of like pan, almost pancake flat from the base of Mount Humphrey, you know, all the way to the to the south rim of the Grand Canyon." I'm like, "You, you know, some of these sections are. It's basically like a fire road. Right? You know? they, they brought stagecoaches on these things back 150 years ago, or whatever it was." You know, and I'm like, it, it's not going to be that tough. You know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be, you know, that hard. And that's what I tell people. That's one of the entry, that's one of the entry level ones. You know, uh, the, I think the entry level trip that we put on is the Florida Keys, the, uh, right. the city, city to sea, because you basically got, you know, the first day you've got a long day of kayaking, um, but you're in those, um, you know, in the intercoastal waterway. So you're not actually out in the open sea you're essentially in a bay, you know, that's protected by barrier islands. Right. Um, and then you've got a long day of biking the second day, and then you've got a half marathon run in from, a from big cop at E into Key West, you know? So that's and, uh, I'm like, it's, you know, it's two days basically. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it's totally doable even for, you know, the average cyclist. Cause you know, people are like, Oh man, I think it's 110 miles. I think on a bike. And I'm like, yeah, but, those miles go by because it's pancake flat. The only hills you're climbing are the bridges, you know? But is that all, like, is that 110 miles? Is that all? That's not all in one day, is it? Or is it? Yeah. It is? Yeah, that's, I believe that's all in one day. It's actually, I'm trying to think. Your first day, I believe, it, the first day is all kayaking. Um, all kayaking. Uh, all sea kayaking. And then day two is uh, we get up early and we and we get on the bikes. And, uh, and I believe it's 110 miles from... Um, Oh, I'm going to get the name wrong, uh, the name of the key that it goes from. Um, but, you know, talking to talking to a couple guys who did it, uh, the test pilot, whatever, they were saying, they were like, it is easy cycling. And, and 
they were they set up so many aid stations for themselves where they had the support van going right. taking care of them you know and they said there's restaurants and there's stuff and you know he's like we were stopping to get an ice cream you know every 15 <laughs> miles <laughs> and it's like and that's the thing is you go at your own pace if you're the last person to come in to key west that night you know at midnight i'm gonna be there you know and I'm, I'm gonna put a beer in your hand and i'm gonna smack you on the ass and i'm gonna say you fucking earn this you know let's party that um, sounds cool man yeah so <clears throat> these races are i mean they're kind of expensive but they're they're put out in a way to where you've got time to plan for it and you've got time to save up for it but is there like a pay, isn't there like a payment plan that they can get on to yeah, absolutely. So that's what we tell people. We, uh, you have essentially, you could split the cost. Um, so something like, uh, um, let it ride, I think is, um, I want to say is, uh, is 3,500 bucks. And, um, you know, and that's, that's paying for, you know, uh, your, your hotels that's paying for your, uh, you know, uh, food, your, yeah, your food and, uh, you know, getting your bikes, shuttling your bikes, you know, from when you go do the mountain part, uh, you know, and then, and then set, you know, all the food through camp, you know, setting up, uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, so that's all inclusive. Um, you know, you do have to get your own airfare to and from, right. um, basically but, uh, that's so it. Basically what I tell people is, you know, it's, you put, put $500 down as a deposit to save your spot. And then you have essentially, uh, you pay the remainder off in, in quarterly installments, you know, so you have what four, four even five you know quarters essentially to pay the other the remainder you know the remainder of the other three thousand dollars you know and split it up into five payments 600 bucks you know every three months it's it's pretty doable right. um and uh no no one has ever come back from like my buddy who did mongolia and he's just saying he's like it was amazing you know because not only that the the people who live there they want it they're interested in you you know so that's the thing is you know, we'll be in California and people are going to, you know, at the hotel are going to be like, what are y'all doing? What's everybody doing? What are all these bikes coming in here? You know, 15 guys on bikes, you know, you guys, might, you guys in a race, you, got, you know, and then you talk to them about it. And, you know, I mean, that's the real reason I do a lot of this stuff, man, because I just love talking to people. Right. You know, I, lo- I love hearing their stories. I love hearing, you know, I love hearing people's li- about people's lives, you know, and, um, you know, that's that's the thing where, you know. I'm I'm more interested. We got a bunch of guys coming. Um, we got a few guys coming up from South America. We got a couple guys coming from England uh, and a couple guys coming from Europe for, oh, cool. for for Let It Ride next year. And I'm like so interested in hearing these guys' stories. You know how do you how do you get into cycling living in Brazil? What's Brazil like? I've never been to Brazil. Right. You know, like I want to I want to know. I want to hear these you know these guys' stories. I want to hear about their lives. Um, and that's that to me. That's one of the 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 main selling points is, is, you know, getting out and, and getting out of your comfort zone and, and learning, you know, for me, it's, it's learning about other people and other cultures and stuff like that. And it's, and it's like you said, you know, this is like an expedition or an adventure. And this is like, none of these trips here. I don't think you could just say, Hey, I'm going to do this on my own. I mean, cause they're so grand, you know, it, th- this is like, I mean, you're, you're paying for this grand adventure and it's something you, you, I don't think you would be able to do on your own and figure out, you know, the logistics is what you say. You yeah. Know. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're paying for top notch support. You know, you're paying for, you know, excellent, excellent support where, you know, that's the thing is where people look at, 
they look at one day of biking and they're like, oh man, we're gonna do 120 miles. And it's like, yeah, but you don't have to do 120 miles in one shot. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to be stopping. We're going to be feeding you. We're going to be, you know, um, you know, we'll have chairs for you to get off the bike and sit down for a little bit, you know, and, and, you know, hang out and get out of the heat for a second. You know, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, the, the hoop that, that, that you got to jump through is a lot bigger. Um, then I think that we look at these things and like you were saying, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom doing any of this stuff unsupported, man. If I was going out to do this on my own, you know, with a water filter and, you know, I mean, what, what happens oh, yeah. if my bike gets flat, you know what right. I mean? Like we've, we've got full, you know, full bike mechanics support, you know, full EMT support. Like it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, you're, 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 you're getting, you're getting what you pay for. Yeah. It's like it, you're paying for not having to worry about, you know, the shit that could go wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah. If anything goes wrong, we, we, we take care of it. Right. It's just like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, you could try to figure out how to do some adventure like this, but you know, you are taking the major risk. Whereas here you've got the insurance that everything is going to go according to plan and you're not going to have to be busting your head against the rock because, trying to figure out how to get through it because that's what your team has already done. Right. So what would you say like somebody's borderline fitness needs to be, you know, to sign up for these trips? That's a good question, man. Cause that's something I've been, I've been wondering about. So I, I, I'm, I mean, I can run, you know, I, I'd say right now I'm in, I'm in decent, what I would say, 50-mile trail ultra shape. You know, I'm trying to round myself into 100-mile shape. I got a 100-miler coming up at the end of June. And um, and I'm, I'm going to assume that being in – a buddy of mine always says, if you can run a pretty fast, a pretty decent 100K with the right kind of training, with some swimming and some cycling, you're going to be able to, to do a pretty decent Ironman. And I would think – being somewhere around, you know, 50 mile ultra shape with a handful of some decent bike rides and some good swimming, some good aerobic, or even, you know, not even swimming, any, any other kind of aerobic. So, you know, maybe some paddling, um, you know, a little bit of kayak and a little bit of canoeing here and there or rafting, um, just a little bit of, of sort of that fitness, but I still think I still think running is is the best way to get yourself fit for pretty much everything, um, aerobically speaking, um, and then just being able to handle the pounding. Um, but I would say somewhere somewhere in you know if you can finish a fifty mile or, or finish a hundred k, you know under the cutoff, I would say you're you're good you're you're fit enough to do a lot of this stuff. Right. You'll, you'll you'll be fit enough to do all of this stuff. Um, you know, like, like I said, even with the trekking portion, you know, when, when people hear trekking, you know, where we want to make your packs light enough to where you're going to be able to do do a fair amount of running. You know, let us sherpa your shit. Let us right. carry the tents. Let us carry the, the heavy stuff. So all you got to focus on is, is you know, having your uh, your trekking poles and your uh, maybe a rain shell, you know, and the mandatory kit kit list or whatever for going up in the Sierra. But stuff like that, like you know, let us worry about, um, you know, we'll be fit enough to carry all your stuff. You just be fit enough to keep moving kind of thing. Um, and then like the, uh, you know, the idea of, I, I think a lot of times we, we kind of, uh, 
we think that physical fitness is really important, but I think part of, a lot of these is mental fitness is the, uh, is the idea that you, you know, just take an aid station to aid station, you know, kind of thing where we've got, you know, you've got to do 15 miles today, but Hey, we're going to have an aid station at mile seven, maybe just do seven today. And, uh, you know, walk with you the rest or whatever you need or something like that. So I think the, uh, I think the mental, the mental fitness is kind of, uh, you know, convincing people that they can do this is almost harder than, um, than the, the training, physically training people to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they say, most of the time, the hardest part about the race is signing up. Yeah. Yeah, man. For me, you know, I, I love the training, man. Like I'm, you know, Lately, I've been getting after it, you know, and I did, I did a ton of vert in, in March. I did 104,000 feet of vertical gain in March. Wow. Um, I was just doing crazy hill repeats all through March and just, you know, and, uh, you know, now I'm doing a lot more aerobic stuff and I feel slower, but I feel stronger. And I keep telling myself, I don't have to worry about the, tra- I always obsess about my training, but really what I need to worry about is what's going on between my ears. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I can psych myself out of a race, no problem. You know, right. I can psych my, I can, you know, I can show up and be like, oh, maybe today's not my day, you know. And it's like, you know, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather go down like the guys in the movie Three Hundred, you know, fight <laughs> hell, you know. And uh, you know, tonight we dine in hell, kind of thing. And uh, <clears throat> you know, being thirty-five miles in before I admit that, hey, maybe today isn't my day, <laughs> you know. Right on. Yeah. Well, man, we're up on an hour, but I always have some questions that I ask every guest that comes on the show. Yeah, hit me. Okay, so to this day, out of every race that you've ever done, what is your most favorite and why? Oh, man, that's an awesome question. Of every race I've ever done, what is my most favorite and why? Oh, man. Can do like um, do like long like FKT kind of like adventurous things sort of uh, apply to yeah sure. okay so man I just did meet a buddy this is the the, the buddy who did the uh, the thing in Mongolia who introduced me uh, uh, to rat race my buddy Lee we just did uh, a forty hour this was insane man we did forty hours in like ankle deep to knee deep snow across the entire state of Rhode Island. There's this thing called the North South trail. Yeah. It's uh, 78 miles long, starts at the Massachusetts border, goes all the way down to the beach at wow. Long Island sound. And we decided to do it in February, uh, right after a crazy snowstorm up here. And, uh, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I can imagine. My, my feet were shredded, man. My feet, I couldn't wear shoes for about four days after I got done. God. But that was, that was one of those things where I had, like I was saying earlier, like I had this, this limit that I thought that this is as long, this is the longest I think I can stay awake for. This is the longest, you know, or if this happens, I'll quit. But like all those things happened and I was awake for, I think we slept an hour and 20 minutes in the entire Shit. 40, almost 41 hours. Um, and man, those the going through some of that deep snow was some of the hardest stuff I've ever. That was just it was just stupid hard. Um, and that looking back on it, um, it, that was one of the that was one of the most that was one of the things that taught me that I can do a lot more than I thought. Um, that yeah, that that that, and that's one of the freshest ones in my mind too. Um, I've had a few. I've had a handful. I've done about fifty. 
I think I've done almost 50 ultras. I've only, I only have maybe four or five races that I've executed perfectly. Right. Um, it just never, I mean, just so many things can go wrong and it's like playing whack-a-mole. Um, speaking of that. Yeah. So my next question is the opposite of that question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Name the race that you dislike the most or hated the most and why. Oh man, I can tell you. Whew, I can tell you the race that I had the hardest time with. The race that broke me more than any other race has broken me is the Eastern States One Hundred. Right. That is a fucking hard <laughs> ass hundred miler. That's one of those races that, so I did, I've done Bighorn, which is Bighorn's a, a hard rock qualifier and Bighorn's a legit mountain race out in Wyoming. Right. And you, you go up to 9,000 feet and I had a pretty good, I had an okay race at, at Bighorn, but the next year I did Eastern States and I suffered so bad and that race just destroyed me. And I remember thinking the whole time, how is this race not a hard rock qualifier? Where is that like race this, located at? That race is in um, north uh, central Pennsylvania in Canyon Country, what they call up there, up in the wilds of PA. Right. And it is, it's a hundred miles, it's a big giant loop, and it's actually 102.9 miles. And it just, you're just going up and down in some of the steepest up and down shit you've ever seen. <laughs> and it just keeps coming at you, keeps coming at you. And it's just these beautiful pine forests, and um, it's in August, so it's stupid hot and humid. Oh, God, I bet. Yeah, and I mean, everything that could possibly go wrong for me in a 100-miler went wrong. Mm. And I'm I'm proud of finishing, but that was just one of those ones that I was like, I don't want to ever go back and do that shit again. It fucking broke me. And I didn't feel right for about two weeks afterwards. Wow. Have you ever tapped out on an ultra? Uh, I have one DNF that's not listed on ultra sign up. It was a 50 K in 2015. Um, and I just, I, everyone's like, why'd you quit? And I said, man, I was bored. It was <laughs> one of those, I signed up. I got a, I got a free entry, uh, three days before the race. Cause I volunteered and the dude was like, Hey, I got to call everybody in to use their volunteer credits to, um, sign up for a race pretty much soon. Um, so I was like, it was that Wednesday before. And I said, all right, let me just hop in and run this 50 K. I ran a really fast time there last year. I'll do great. And I remember thinking it was the first time I ever signed up for a race and I wasn't nervous. I always get nervous before, I, right. you know, before the race, the couple days leading into the race, I'm always, and I wasn't nervous. And I'm like, what the hell is this about? And then as soon as the race starts, I start getting nervous. And I'm like, Oh, what the hell's happening? It was, I was probably about 15 miles. I ended up dropping about mile 19. And I just remember thinking like, you know, somebody, I was walking back to the aid station and some dude's like, what happened? I'm like, I just don't feel like running today. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm just kind of done running today. Like it was the weirdest thing. And I remember it didn't bother me afterwards. I DNF, but I remember like it didn't bother me. And then about six months later, I'm like, man, you signed up for that race and you had no, you had no, no no dogs in the fight. You had you just were like ambivalent about it, and I was like, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> you know, so I every race I, I sign up for, I try to make sure I, I, I want to do it, and I, it has a purpose, either as a training run for another race, or I just want to do it to be with friends, or it's just a cool race I want to do in a cool place, or I like the race director. So I always have a reason to sign up for a race, and that was the only time I've ever signed up for a race where I had no 
reason to sign up and I'll never do that again. So I yeah, I've won DNF. Hmm. I didn't expect you to say you just decided to quit. I was expecting to say, well, this was hurting, so I had to tap out, you know. <laughs> Nothing was bothering me. My stomach was like a little weird, but like, <laughs> and I just had one of these days where I just was, and my, you know, it's funny because my, me and my wife had just gotten pregnant. We hadn't told anybody yet. And I remember thinking like, I was like, man, I'm such a selfish douchebag. I should be home hanging with her, <laughs> like rubbing her feet or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's funny. it was one of those things, like as soon as the race started, I, I was like, I had like a million things I needed to do kind of popped into my mind, like a to-do list. It was like, dude, you need to take, you need to get an oil change. <laughs> like, and I just remember thinking like, what the hell's going on right now? And it was just like, I should have never signed up for that fucking race, man. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> okay. So here's my last question. It's a big one too. Yeah. So, it's what is your race routine like? What do you do Friday before the race, Saturday morning before the race? What is your game plan going into the race? How are you fueling it? How are you pacing it? Just tell us all your secrets, Jimmy. Oh man, I love this. This is an awesome question. This is this is um, um so my wife says I'm hard to be around um, <laughs> the night before a race. Um, so man, it, it I, you know, you got it. Depending on what the race is, uh, let's say. Uh, so my next race coming up is um, I'm doing a uh, ten hour race on May eighth, and uh, and the local one of the local clubs puts on a a, a really it's a really fun man. It's a it's a, a three point two mile loop, and uh, you know you get to you get to run with like you know you get to run with people you get to you know right. you're passing people people are passing you it's just a fun race it's a super social race do you prefer those so, over a traditional like ultra run yeah I, I like more traditional type like i like more like distance kind of right I, i've only done i've only this will only be my second like fixed time race yeah. um i've only done i've done one on the same course they do a, a, a spring fling and a fall fling they call it so i did the fall fling a couple years ago uh, on the same uh, similar course, it's a little bit shorter than this course. They, they use a little bit longer of a course for the spring fling. Yeah. Um, so, like, what I'll do this year is like, so, like, I'll do you know Friday afternoon. You know, I'll probably do like a little, you know, three mile shakeout run. Um, you know, go probably pick my kid up at school, go to the park with him or something. Then we'll come back and we eat dinner. And what are you eating for dinner? Do you have like a staple? You have like a staple meal you eat before race? So. I mean, usually for like a 50K and below, I'm just going to do carbs. I'm going to do a lot of spaghetti or, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, bread, spaghetti, and then probably like some kind of, you know, ice cream or some kind of sugary treat afterwards. But for something like this where it's going to be a little bit longer, I'm probably going to want to get a little more fat in me. So I'm probably going to do – I'll probably do, you know, maybe I'll do like a bacon cheeseburger and – you know, French fries, like covered in mayonnaise or something like that. Like, <laughs> you know, right on. Uh, yeah. So I'll probably do something a little more like with a little bit more fat. And then I probably won't do like a snack afterwards. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'll do a bunch of stretching, you know, drink a bunch of water, go to bed. And then I like to wake up super early before a race. Um, I won't get my kit together until the morning of, and typically what I'll do is, um, the only thing I'll do is uh, I'll usually bring two pairs of shoes to a race and I'll make a last minute decision on which ones I'm going to wear. <laughs> um, 
just Why by that? looking kind of like I'll look at the I'll look at the course and be like, all right. So I, like right now, I've been going back and forth between the uh, the uh, Ultra Timps and the Hoka Challengers. Right. Um. So I I've been liking the Timps a little bit more lately. I know people did not like the version twos of those, but I really like them. Um, I'm stuck on the Lone Peaks for trail running now. Obstacle course, I wear the King MTs, but I like the Lone Peaks. I haven't tried the Timps yet. Yeah, people say the tips. I guess they really narrow the tips uh, a lot. And people kind of people are like, "Oh, they're too narrow now. They're too narrow." But I don't know, man. I got I got that kind of foot that can just wear like any shoe. Right. Uh, people, my friends hate me because they're like, "I need to wear this." I'm like, "Yo, I got." I mean, I got like 16 pairs of shoes. My wife thinks I'm crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, I've got like really you know minimal racing flats for like five Ks. I've got like track spikes. I've got you know all kinds of hokas i got a couple pairs of ultras i got you know uh still got a pair of those old those old pearl azumis that were that were the shit five years ago yeah um i got a lot of shoes man i love i love my shoes and i put a lot of miles on them i'm not the type of dude who changes them out every you know three three fifty four hundred miles i wear right. shoes till till they never disintegrate on my feet um, yeah i'm kind of saying yeah way. so so like morning morning of i'll probably you know i'll just just kind of throw everything into a bag. Like, you know, I'll be like, do I want my race vest? Do I want a bladder? I'll just throw that in a bag, you know, handheld, uh, which hand I'll bring two handhelds, you know, like, and then I kind of just like when I'm getting ready before the race, after I grab my bib and there's kind of like, you know, I hit the porta potty and there's kind of like that 15, 20 minutes right there. That's kind of when I decide, okay, what shoes am I wearing? What kind of, you know, am I going to bring a handheld? Am I going to bring a bladder? Am I going to just, you know, um, and I just see what kind of mood I'm in and kind of go off of that. Um, usually for breakfast, I like oatmeal. Um, I'll either eat oatmeal or, or like a big bowl of white rice. Um, something like that. Just like a ton of quick carbs, easily digestible, quick carbs. Um, you know, big cup of coffee. Um, even two, two cups of coffee. Um, you know, I always hit the porta potty like three, four times before a race, <laughs> just from nerves, probably. So, right. um, yeah, and then like, you know, I just try to, uh, you know, I figure out, uh, and then you know, just try to stay loose, joke a lot. You know, I, you know, I love, I love talking shit. So I'll be making fun of people, and people will be making fun of me, huh. and uh, you know, stuff like that. And then once the race goes, you know, I, I try to use like the first hour. Or, you know, first little bit, first, you know, five miles, just kind of like, how do I feel? Right. Like, what, like a what's perceived this effort. Feel like? Yeah, just kind of, just kind of check, just check in with my body a lot, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, try to be at like a nice conversational pace, keep it easy. Uh, so my goal for this 10 hours, I want to do 50 miles. Um, so basically just, you know, try to stick somewhere around like 12 minute pace and, uh, you know, and then see how I feel, you know, once I hit 50 K, see, you know, if I got a lot in the tank, then start, start burning those, start burning those matches, I guess. And, right. uh, you know, see if I can maybe eke out more, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's become racing's changed a lot for me because I think I've gotten less competitive now that I'm, that I'm more, uh, you know, more kind of invested in the, in the industry, I guess, yeah. uh, where it's more about the, the community. It's more about the fellowship and the camaraderie, right on. um, and less about trying to beat people where I think my first, my first four or five years in the sport, like I wanted to race, I wanted to beat people. I wanted to do my best and I still want to do my best, but I want to do it 
um, I want to do it in a way that's still going to allow me to connect with people because I think I may have missed a lot of connections early on in running um, because I was, you know, too in my head trying to be like, I'm gonna, I gotta pass this guy. This guy's pissing me off or whatever. You know, this guy's wearing wearing a green shirt. I don't like green right now. You know, like fuck this guy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fuck this guy. And it's like probably going to be the nicest dude in the world. You know, we could have been best friends or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I've 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 moved away from that kind of that kind of running and I've gotten more into, uh, you know, just wanting to be with friends and, and, yeah, um, man. yeah. So, um, one of my good lady friends, uh, she's one of the favorites for this race coming up. So, uh, I'm going to spend a lot of miles with her, you know, just, uh, making sure she has a good day, you right. know, and helping her out and, and, uh, you know, just smiling, thanking the volunteers, you know, high five. Yeah. if that's allowed fist bumping, I guess we're doing now. Right. Um, uh yeah i'm just uh yeah i'm just like to be around people again i think yeah i think everybody is man i I, yeah i think races are going to start just filling up and selling out especially towards the end of this year when hopefully we you know the clouds begin to clear from all this covid stuff and it, it seems like it's getting it's getting better in my state i work at a hospital and our cases are like almost none right now i mean like in january in january we had like i mean it's a smaller hospital there's only 200 beds but in january we had like 80 beds that were full of covid patients and like this week we may have like two so i mean oh wow that's good it's really here you know it's it's starting to look good in my town and i understand some states are seemed like their cases are going up so it's really weird how this is all working man i just hope that one day we won't have to worry about COVID at all anymore because man, you got to think like in the past in my life, this has probably been the most, you know, probably the most dreadful thing, maybe besides nine 11 that's happened to this country really Yeah, exactly. that I can think of, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think about raising my kid right now, man, he's, he's five and a half. He's almost six. Yeah. And, uh, and like he's been, you know, for the last year, I mean, he's been wearing a mask, and he's I'm like, virtual I'm doing the math, and I'm like, man, that's almost a quarter of his life. He's he's had to live like this, and yeah. I'm like, buddy, this ain't normal. Like this is not, this is not how it always is. And he's like, I know, I know. And I'm like, yeah. he, he always says, when the virus, when the sickness is over, <laughs> you know. And um, but you know, kids, man, they're so resilient. Oh, like, yeah, that's man. one of those things that. I look at as an ultra runner, like, man, I got to be more like a five-year-old man because my kid just lets shit roll right off. He's like, yeah, that's all good. Let's, let's move on. He'll have a little cry about it. And boom, 10 minutes later, he's playing Legos and he's forgotten completely about it. And I'm like, man, if I could be more like that, (laughs) I'd have a, I'd have a good life, man. (laughs) Right on. So, so Jimmy, man, I'm out of questions. And I mean, we really just, for everybody listening, we just scraped the surface of all these races. There's so much in detail in every single one of these races. And you have to go check out the website and check out each one and read the itinerary and details on each one of these races. Even if you remotely seem like you might be interested in one and the website, don't just type in rat race because that's going to bring up a bunch of of stuff uh, going to that old movie rat race you got to put in rat race america.com yeah yeah i figured that out for myself (laughs) that's uh that's yeah i I remember the first time i went to go check it out what the heck is rat race a movie from like 1968 or whatever yeah i never watched it (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah and if you want to connect with me um 
you could hit me up on, you know, hit, find me on Facebook, uh, Jimmy McCaffrey, or uh, on Instagram. I'm at uh, underscore underscore Jimmy underscore Mac underscore underscore. I know that's a mouthful. Um, or uh, you hit me up at Jimmy dot McCaffrey at ratrace.com um, or Jimmy at live loud um, And yeah, I'm down to, I'm down to chop it up. Like I said, I'm always down to connect, man. I just want to, you know, uh, just want to hear people's stories and, and, and hear, uh, hear about your lives and, uh, connect with y'all. Yeah. Well, shoot, Jimmy, man, I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, talk with me today, man. I enjoyed it. Scott, dude, you're awesome, man. I appreciate you, dude. <laughs> man, we'll always have the movie rad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear, man, that was like one of those eighties flick that's like, you go back and watch it now. You're like, oh man, it's so cheesy. Dude, I know, but Crew Jones, man, that dude was legend. That I mean, who yeah. did not want to be Crew Jones back in like 1986, right? Like, <laughs> I know, and then and then you see, oh, I can't even think of her name. What's her face? It was on Full House, you know, and you yeah, see her in this yeah, yeah. this scandal with her kids in college, oh. and you're like, that's the girl from Red. <laughs> exactly, exactly. One of my first crushes, right? Like, yeah, for real, yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> Well, shoot, Jimmy, man, I appreciate you taking time, man, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at the race sometime. Yeah, dude, that would be awesome. I gotta get, I gotta get down to Georgia, man. Yeah, man. All right, man. Take care. All right, thank you. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Jimmy again for taking time to talk to us, and I encourage you to check out this website, even if it still doesn't sound like something you want to do. Just go and check out how epic these races are, and it's like I was talking about earlier. You know. They are kind of pricey, but it's, I mean, you're, all the planning is done. All you got to do is just show up and, and do the race. You know, you, everything else is covered, you know, like all the work, the stuff you're going to, all you have to do is just go out there and worry about you doing your grind every day, you know, because everything else is covered and it just sounds like an epic adventure. But anyway, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, if you want to, leave a review, and I'll read it on the next episode. Uh, if you see me at Palm Beach this weekend, come up to me and say, hey, what's up? I love talking to everybody out there. That's all I got, folks. We'll see you at the next race. Peace. How's that? DK, I'll come through? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs>